Hello, everybody. Welcome to this month's For the World episode, where we are diving into the debate of whether F1 technology should be road relevant. This comes off the back of the FIA expressing their desire for future engine developments to be road relevant, to continue attracting manufacturers. We know there's a broader trend towards sustainability in the form of electrification, just in the broader automotive industry. We also know that something F1 is targeting with their 2026 regulations, but there are all sorts of questions of how road relevant F1 technology actually is or even can be, as well as whether that's even the purpose of the sport. So when this news broke, we put a poll on Instagram uh, and 50% of you said F1 tech should be built to benefit the auto industry. 20% said it shouldn't and that entertainment is the main priority. And 30% of you said, does it even matter? So hopefully with this episode, (laughs) 30% of you agnostic folks will have some more information to answer that question. We'll give some context, go through both sides of the debate. And with that, we'll dive in. I'm Tiggy. And I'm Chessa. Okay, yeah, there is definitely a lot to unpack here. So let's just start with a little history of how F1 technology has influenced road cars in the past and talk about if there actually are any successful use cases of this. Yeah, I would say there are definitely a handful, whether it was actually F1's engineering or technology breakthroughs or F1 just helped to popularize some of these things. I think that's up for debate, but things like carbon fiber that was first used by McLaren in the 80s, that's much more common now. The kinetic energy recovery system, so that's harnessing energy from heat generated during braking, that's now used a lot in mainstream cars to improve fuel efficiency. There's active suspension that was popularized by Williams in the 90s, the V6 hybrid engines, something even as small as steering wheel buttons. So to answer the question, yes, but I think the reality today is there's not a ton of F1 technology making it to road cars. The engines are so much more complicated, making one to two cars with a dedicated team of hundreds, very different than assembly line manufacturing as we know. And just the the different constraints between racing and public roads are obviously very different. Yeah. But let's talk about the two sides of the debate. Even if there's not a huge crossover in the tech now, should there be? Yeah, I think to talk about that, you have to think a little bit about what road relevant actually means. Because I think for different people, it'll mean different things. Does it mean mass market cars that everyone's driving? Is it electric cars only, even though, you know, the majority of the industry is moving to electric? Is it luxury cars that do have a huge market but are less relevant slash less attainable to much of the world? Is it trucking? Is it like freight? Things like that. So there are definitely a lot of different segments of the automotive industry. And traditionally, it's probably been most road relevant. Like F1 has been most road relevant for the luxury market. So think Porsches, Ferraris, Aston Martins, all of the fancy cars of the world. (laughs) Yeah, definitely agreed with that. But I would say for the purposes of this debate, I think I'm assuming that the FIA is kind of signaling a need to be road relevant for the mass market end of the spectrum because it has been relevant to the luxury market to a certain degree. And it's not much of like a surprise or a virtue signal to say you're building towards creating to be blunt, like better toys for the wealthy. So I think I'm assuming that the FIA (laughs) is signaling a need for being road relevant to the mass market. Um, But that brings us kind of to the first side of the the debate. So why would F1 want to be road relevant? I think their stated goal, so firstly, is to attract car manufacturers to the sport. That gives both F1 and manufacturers a bigger audience, more marketing for both, more relevance. It generates more investment in F1 through these manufacturers. So I think 
assuming that manufacturers are getting something out of it besides marketing, it's definitely beneficial to both parties if that were the case. And for for reference, like the the manufacturers, you can think of, okay, like McLaren is a manufacturer and they make their own cars in F1 and on the road, but think about like how Honda did um, the Red Bull engines, things like that. So that's definitely really interesting. I think also the there's a concern that in the future, a, a sport based on internal combustion engines, so like gas guzzling engines, will attract less of the younger, more environmentally conscious fan base um, and maybe even lose more relevance. I think that's definitely one thing that F1 is angling towards, just trying to broaden the reach and think about who their audience will be in 10, 20, 30 years. But, you know, we do already get a lot of DMs from people responding to our sustainability episode saying that it can feel a little bit hypocritical to one, care a lot about the environment, but two, also be a big F1 fan at the time. And we know that's a concept that people struggle with more generally. So I think that's probably another reason why the FIA is trying to be more road relevant. Yeah. And I think that will just increase as time goes on. Um, I think the last reason is just for the good of the world. We know F1 has some of the brightest. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'll, I'll get to my thoughts on that, but (laughs) F1 has some of the brightest minds in engineering, science, technology. So if the future of transportation is electric for environmental and other reasons, you know, why not put some of the best minds to the task to make that better? I, yeah, to your point, I think, unfortunately, this on its own, probably not enough to convince the sport and its shareholders. After all, it is a business. <laughs> they definitely, there definitely need to be kind of real economic incentives to to do something, quote unquote, for the good of the world, at least for now. And I, it's not that I don't believe that F1 has people who want to do stuff for the good of the world, no, but at the course. end of the day, you're, you're a business. So... I guess those are the kind of top three reasons why F1 would want to do it. But on the flip side, why wouldn't F1 want to be road relevant? I think the main thing we hear the most is entertainment. F1 is the peak of performance engineering. It's constantly pushing the envelope in a domain that's really not possible or even desirable in standard road cars. So I think some would just say it's a sport. It's not a public service. It shouldn't be kind of held down or constrained by the automotive industry. And it really should just be kind of fast, sexy, dangerous within reason. Um, That's why a lot of people love it so much. Yeah. And I think that's another reason why people are so scared of even these conversations happening in the first place because they're, you know, maybe it's like an older fan base or a fan base that's a lot more traditional, but they're missing out or they're afraid that they're going to eventually miss out on what the core of the sport used to be to them, which was like fast, sexy, dangerous, loud, all those things. I think another reason why they wouldn't want to be road relevant is how relevant can F1 really be to the mass market? Like, does it even make sense for them to try to get in front of and try to influence such a mass audience? So Like Tiggy said, building two cars with a team of hundreds, sometimes even thousands, is completely different than assembly line manufacturing and building, you know, day-to-day road cards. For F1, you need to have a laser focus on performance when your cars are going at 200 miles an hour. And that's just not something that even, you know, you don't even factor that in when you're building a road car. And I think there's a lot of people out there that don't believe that F1 has ever really pushed the envelope that much in terms of impacting road cars. Like, Tiggy mentioned a few things at the beginning, but those are maybe more trickle down. And so, you know, there's people in a camp that are just saying, okay, well, F1 hasn't ever really influenced the mass market. Why would they want to do it now? Um, But there are definitely some people who believe it's really only made a difference for luxury models. Like definitely there are some things that, you know, you, you move from F1 into your 
fancy Porsche that you can buy and maybe never even drive. Um, and yeah, it's just sort of a marketing ploy for manufacturers to say, quote, they use F1 technology. Yeah, I think that's some of the criticism with a manufacturer like Ford, who definitely manufactures much more mass market vehicles. But how much is saying that they're using F1 technology? Is that like, how much is that really true? Or is that kind of just like a marketing bump for them to say they quote unquote? It's a good marketing bump. I'd buy a car that has F1 technology if I was good at driving. We'll get to the... F1 road ready vehicles that actually there are a few case studies of that, not by Ford, but by Mercedes, Aston Martin. There we go. What about those? But yeah, I totally agree with like the reason of how relevant can F1 actually be to the mass market. I think there's arguments on both sides, but I guess the last main reason I think F1 wouldn't want to prioritize road relevancy is that there are other series that exist to potentially fill the gaps, like Formula yeah. Extreme H. The argument I think there is basically that those series can push the envelope towards electric, towards cleaner energy sources like hydrogen. So why should the quote unquote pinnacle of motorsport have to do so? One thing that I think is really interesting here is Formula E, when they negotiated their deal with the FIA, they have exclusive rights until 2039 as the only electric championship approved by the FIA motorsport governing body. So that's pretty crazy. That could obviously potentially change if F1 really wanted to go in that direction, but it would require negotiation with Formula E. Um, Because as a reminder, these series, while they're both overseen by the FIA, they don't have the same owner. So unless Liberty were to buy Formula E, which could be a possibility, it's definitely, there's a little bit of a tension there if F1 wanted to go fully electric or in that direction. But we'll talk about our opinions if that's like even desirable or possible, but it's definitely something that is worth thinking about. That 2039 exclusive rights contract is insane because you've got to imagine that when they were signing that, someone must have thought in the back of their head, wow, okay, this actually does kind of might disincentivize people working together towards full electrification. And it's kind of like you're doing one thing at the expense of another and the series would never really work together on that. Yeah, I guess it just depends how you look at it. It's probably, I mean, it was Alejandro Agag, who we have interviewed, who is the head of Formula E, the founder of Formula E. He's the one who has been in the press kind of talking about this, and I'm sure he's the one who negotiated it. But it's, it's I think, just a smart business practice on his side and on their side. Of oh, like, yeah. We need to ensure and contract in our relevance to a certain degree because they know the way that the automotive industry is heading. And um, I think it's smart. But I don't think it's that they can't work together. I think they they can. It's just if F1 wanted to be fully electric, which may never happen then there would have and to be And maybe when they picked the 2039 date, they were thinking, okay, well, realistically, how soon could F1 even be fully electric? How much, you know, how soon would it actually make sense for them? And they're like, okay, yeah, it probably wouldn't happen until 2040 and beyond. So let's just keep yeah. ours until 2039. I think they agreed to 25 seasons in the initial contract. So super wow. interesting. Yeah. Wow. 
Okay, friends, it's festival and concert season, and you know it's all about the boots this year. That's why you need to make Tacova's your number one place for festival style this spring. And don't forget to shop their seasonal and limited edition offerings, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. We love Tacova's. They have a first wear comfort, which basically means there's no break in period. It's the best thing ever. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personal. Personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's really no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, though, just visit tecovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Women's health is so important, and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1Rthegirls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1Rthegirls for 15% off today. Okay, well, now that we're talking about Formula E, is that actually any more road relevant? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I mean, similar thoughts to is F1 technology, can it actually be road relevant? Racing versus public good transportation. Maybe that's not the right phrase, but like mass market transportation is very different. Yeah. It is definitely more relevant to the direction the automotive industry is heading. The estimate is that by 2040, to what we were just saying, all new car sales will be electric. So to be determined if that actually happens, but that's what they're projecting. And I think Formula E leads have claimed that they think the switch will flip kind of after 2030, where it becomes more of a binary of like either you're road relevant and thus relevant or not. And that fans would kind of rather align with and brands would rather sponsor an electric series rather than an IC sport. So the head Ooh. of one of the Formula One teams, in, or sorry, Formula E teams in Vision Racing said that Formula E, quote, will ultimately be the main focus of manufacturers and sponsors seeking road relevance and green credentials. So I don't know. I think the question still remains, like, is the tech actually transferable? But I think there's something there um, about fans, about manufacturers, about sponsors, if we're moving towards all electric. I wonder if there's like a line in the sand. Like, I think there's going to be some sponsors who will forever only care about like the sexiness of F1 and don't actually care about that. But that's another topic. Um, But yeah, I think you said, you know, is the question the tech being transferable and also is the question is it worth the investment like mercedes and audi both left formula e but are in or in audi's case going to be in f1 so that does kind of show the tension between optimizing like we said for marketing audience popularity versus actual road relevance and i think it is going to be kind of down to whoever the manufacturer is going to be is it sort of like in their dna to consistently market to be sexy to this big audience for the popularity of it? Or is it going to be, okay, like our DNA as a company, as a manufacturer is road relevance, you know, being green and sustainable going forward? Yeah, I think for now, F1 obviously wins in terms of marketing, return on investment. Yeah, for sure. But if the economic balance and incentives start to tilt towards electric 
green businesses, technologies, then maybe we will actually see a shift. Like mm-hmm. on the flip side of Mercedes and Audi, you have Porsche, who is this crazy luxury brand. They're involved in Formula E, but they opted out of Formula One. Now that's probably for many other reasons outside road relevance, of course, but it's, I think, still an interesting case study. So I think ultimately, if these manufacturers believe motorsport is a good lab for their kind of main business lines and profit, then they will go to kind of whichever series helps them or benefits benefits them most. Exactly. So we talked a little bit about Extreme 8. So there's the question of hydrogen. The hydrogen working group was formed between the FIA, F1, and Extreme H to evaluate the use of that technology in racing. We'll talk about that another day. Um, but overall, let's let's get into the debate, Diggy. What do you think <laughs> is the right answer? I think that's a obviously the crux of the episode. Is there a right answer? <laughs> I think some people feel very strongly one way or the other on this debate. And I personally hope that it doesn't necessarily have to fall on either end of the extreme. Like I definitely believe in the value of sport as entertainment. I don't think F1 needs to go all electric anytime soon, but I also fully commend their march towards sustainability. Obviously anyone who's listened to this podcast knows that. Um, And I think road relevance does play a role there. So I think there are a lot of ways where F1 can really move the needle as the auto industry prepares to make this huge shift over the next few decades. And it's not just about the engines. It's about sustainable fuel that can drop into ICE road cars. It's about contributing in other ways, like, you know, biofuel trucks for logistics. If there is a world where Formula One is fully net zero in contributing in those other ways, sustainable fuel, logistics, et cetera, in theory, I'm okay with, you know, the less than 1% emissions from the 20 hybrid ICE cars, but yeah, 20 I, cars in the entire world. <laughs> it's like not a huge impact, but I do think that there will come a point where an ICE sport probably just doesn't make sense for F1 or its auto manufacturers unless it's literally just luxury brands involved, which I don't think is the direction F1 is trying to head. There may always be a market for the ICE luxury car, but I just think if we're kind of moving towards full electric in the auto industry as a whole, like. I don't think F1 can stay ICE forever. Interesting. Yeah, I think you you hit on all the main points. And I think this conversation has been so like eye-opening in that sense. One thing that I think for me keeps coming up in this debate, it's not just about where is the industry moving? Should um, F1 hop on board with that? If they don't, does it make sense? I think the biggest thing to think about, and I always talk about this, no matter what we're talking about when it comes to like the behind the scenes of F1 is you have to think about how many cooks are in the kitchen, how many people and stakeholders are involved. So you have to think about the fact that, you know, it's not just the engineers working on the car and then potentially all of that trickling down. It is going to be such a give and take and a huge debate over the next 10, 15, 20 years around the marketing of F1, what's the identity and the DNA going to be of F1. I think this is a really good time to be having this kind of conversation to you because We've been talking about this. We talked a lot about this in our episode with Tony Cohen-Brown. Like, I think F1 is kind of going through a little bit of an identity crisis, if not in the whole world, at least in terms of its American audience. And I think this is yet another piece of that puzzle and something that they're going to have to talk about. But it's so interesting. And I hope that everyone listening has figured out (laughs) where they stand now for those 30% of people who didn't know. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. And I I think 2026 
and the shift in regulations is going to be a really interesting test case. It's not necessarily a question that needs to be fully answered now, but if we can move towards sustainable fuel, if we can move towards a higher percentage of electric versus ICE and still keep a lot of the same entertainment and a lot of the same excitement, then maybe it's an easier like march towards <laughs> electric exactly. I think and that's towards what it has to be like a march. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we mentioned really briefly, we'll just wrap up kind of with this, but there are a couple car projects out there that are marketed as like F1 road ready vehicles. So there is the Mercedes AMG <laughs> one, um, literally like they, it has the MGUH in the engine. It's a super cool feat of engineering, but the problem is like, I'm pretty sure it was way over budget. It took a lot longer than expected. It didn't sell well. There's the Adrian Newey Aston Martin. I think that was slightly better received um, and both super cool feats of engineering, but like, again, not really relevant to a big audience. So I think if the FIA is really serious about road relevance, they would probably move towards, I think, less strict engine regulations. Let the constructors create the engines they want, obviously mandating things like limitations in fuel emissions, dimensions of the car, battery output. Like There would definitely have to be guardrails, but I think if done right, introducing more competition in the engine space could lead to cheaper, more innovative, more road-relevant engines. Um, but right now, it's just that would be so, so locked in. <laughs> it it kind of yeah. does feel like everyone has, this, has to do the same thing. Well, this was such an interesting debate. Um, I hope everyone listening learned a lot. I certainly learned a lot. And everyone, let us know what you think, where you fall on either side of the camp. I think there's no right answer here, but it's cool to just start exploring all of these topics, especially as F1 does seem to be marching towards full sustainability and road relevance. <laughs> Continue the march. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>